Hello, everyone. Um, I want to welcome everyone today to ILTA's podcast in interview entitled uh, Communicating Burnout to Leadership, Helpful Tips and Best Practices. I think this is an especially important and relevant topic today as times are getting so busy. Um, and I'm your moderator, Tanya Pereira. I'm a business transformation specialist at Castles Brock and Blackwell in the Toronto office. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by our two speakers today. Uh, we have Julie Wilson, who's a legal resources and innovation lawyer at Gowling's WLG, and Adam Weller, uh, director of practice support at Robinson and Bradshaw. Hi. Welcome, welcome to you both, Julie and Adam. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you want to briefly introduce yourself before we dive in? Go for it, Julie. Sure. So uh, as Tanya said, my name is Julie Wilson. I'm a legal resources innovation lawyer at the Waterloo Region Office of Gowling WLG Canada. I practice in the areas of business law and legal operations and uh, was recognized as one of Thompson Reuters standout lawyers this year. I'm part of a national team of lawyers within the innovation and, and knowledge programs group. And in this role, I serve as an internal lawyer to professionals across the firm. I deliver both traditional and innovative solutions for their commercial, corporate, and other business law issues. I'm very passionate about issues related to mental health, and I co-authored and served as co-leader of our firm's mental health first mental health strategy, and I'm actively involved with DEI, wellness, and other initiatives at, uh, at our firm. That's amazing. Congratulations on uh, the award from Thomson Reuters. That's huge. Um, Thank you. My name is Adam Whaler. I'm the director of practice support here at Robinson Bradshaw. Uh, down here in Charlotte, it, it you know we we are a general practice firm, and you know our group kind of handles the innovation for the firm, uh, recommending different pieces of technology for all practices of law. So Julie and I, we should talk. Um, <laughs> But when it comes to wellness, I have been uh, very deep in the wellness community for a long time, uh, ever since I kind of found uh, mindfulness practices uh, way back in college. Um, I've been on multiple mindfulness retreats um, and, uh, you know, and just enjoy talking about the subject is something I'm very passionate about. That's great. Well, we're so lucky to have you both here as speakers. Um, similarly, I do some work in the mental wellness uh, space at our firm. We have a mental wellness affinity group that I co-chair along with a partner in litigation. Um, so this topic also sits very near and dear to my heart as well. Um, so let's just dive right in. Uh, so I want to talk first about um, best practices for legal professionals. Um, when we're trying to recognize and identify burnout within ourselves or our colleague before it becomes a major issue, what would you recommend um, that we do as first steps? So uh, maybe I'll start with this okay. one. Um, so I'm going to start with ourselves. And I think it's good to get into the habit of checking in. Checking in with ourselves every day, and there's apps that help us uh, help to remind us. Um, but the more you practice, the more it becomes routine. And so, what do I mean by checking in? Well, ask yourself: Am I getting enough sleep? Um, how are my motivation levels? Uh, maybe take stock of how many bottles of wine are ending up in recycling. Um, do you find yourself suffering from too many colds? I find changes in your physical health are a really good indication. Um, well, not only that is there something physically wrong, <clears throat> but 
there's something going on if there's if you see physical changes. Now, as far as our colleagues, I one of the things that I really stress is be present. Actually pay attention to how others look, how they act, so that if there's changes in, let's say, their appearance or their behavior, you'll be able to recognize and see those changes. So if there's a colleague who that, who would never miss an event, but all of a sudden starts to avoid events that they would otherwise attend, you know, chances are there's something going on. Um, and it may not be burnout, but check in with them. And, you know, there's other signs to look out for. Colleagues who never take sick days, um, but all of a sudden they're absent from work, uh, you know, once or twice a week. Um, or maybe they're starting to arrive way, uh, you know, late for work. Again, it may not be burnout, but there's something going on. Yeah, I, I can echo all of that. I think the one thing that I would also point to um, in my practice, um, notice when your mind starts to wander um, to worry and, and, and you're constantly playing out a future um, that has not happened yet. Um, when, when you are starting to live in this made up place, um, that's where burnout can really affect you because then you let what's in front of you, that presence that Julie talked about go by the wayside and it just then becomes this repeating circle. Um, I think it's something that takes a while and a lot of introspection to really start to notice the things and the repeating cycles that your brain actually tells you. Um, I, I, you know, the brain is a amazing servant, but a horrible master. Um, it's something that I constantly, uh, you know, so take note of that. And I fully support everything Julie said about colleagues, um, you know, noticing their workload and, and noticing when they don't start to feel valued, because I think one of the things that everybody thinks of as burnout is you're doing too many tasks, but burnout can also very much live in not feeling valued. And, you know, so make sure that you're kind of checking both areas with your colleagues. Yeah, I think those are both great. And I think, you know, you only see a surface, you only see the surface of what's on top. And there's so much to everyone underneath. Um, another great resource that I would recommend, I know Julie and I are both in Canada, Adam, I'm not sure what the equivalent would be in the States. But we've actually had some people at our firm trained um, in mental health first aid training through the Mental Health First Aid Commission of Canada. Um, and that's just like a really valuable tool, I think, to learn to recognize um, different signs and also be able to you know, compartmentalize your support on um, like a collegial level as well. Yeah, I know in the States, there are various trainings through HR professional organizations. And um, I think a lot of the healthcare, um, you know, system in the States, although not like Canada, um, our healthcare system has started to realize that if, you know, they start to pay for some of these mental health services on the front end, it short, short circuits a lot of big pay, big costs on the back end. So, um, you know, look at, talk to your HR professional in the States um, about some of the things that, you know, maybe your healthcare provider or your insurance system may support. Absolutely. Um, so our next question brings us to communication. 
Um, so I think, you know, we're speaking about this very openly, but it can be a really challenging and sensitive topic when we're talking about burnout. Um, could you both share some effective strategies that you've used for initiating a conversation about burnout with firm leadership? Yeah, you know, I think from my standpoint, the first point I really want to make is to be honest and try and look inward about why you are burnt out. Because, you know, again, one of the things that you want to do is you want to be honest about your sister situation and, you know, come off as realistic. And I mean, maybe realistic is not the word, but truthful about where you're at. And, you know, you don't, you don't want to feel like you're coming off as constantly complaining. So really hone in on not having an umbrella of everything's crazy, but being specific and being able to give those examples. And, you know, I, I think also having some compassion because, you know, at a law firm, everybody could be at some stage of burnout and realizing that, you know, understanding that the person you may be going to talk to might be even more burnt out than you and may not be able to know how to have that conversation. That Adam was a really good point about being authentic because people can see through, right? If you're not authentic and, um, and I find in leaders, if, if you can see that authenticity, it's so important. Um, another strategy I find really effective is to use champions. And ideally, well-known, well-respected individuals at the firm who are not afraid to talk about burnout. You know, they're, they're not afraid to talk about themselves and share their stories. Stories are so sticky and they draw individuals yep. in. Um, finally, um, or I should say another strategy um, is take advantage of those times where you're at, let's say, an event and you're sitting beside someone in leadership or you're engaged in a conversation with them. Um, for example, I was in um, I was in New York City with the head of one of our practice groups. And long story short, we ended up having one of the most incredible conversations about burnout and how we can provide more education for his group and, and create a safe space for meaningful dialogue. So I just say take advantage of those those times when when you've got the ear of leadership. Yeah, and I'd also say, you know, conversation in numbers is also important, I think one of the things. And, you know, if there is a group setting of peers and having a group setting going going to leadership, it kind of takes the sting of it's just me off of the plate. And that now all of a sudden is a little bit more powerful. Although the dark side of that is you have to watch that the leader is not feeling attacked by the group. <laughs> um, that so true. Yeah, um, but yeah. I, I think, you know, that's something that, you know, I have used in the past where we have created a peer support group to really get to the main issues that we cannot deal with ourselves that we need additional help. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that's a great segue into um, our next question, which is around um, kind of like the fear and worry about the repercussions of discussing this. I think a lot of people are afraid to bring up this up at work. I think a lot of people are afraid to take time if they need to. Um, so how can legal professionals navigate this conversation and not jeopardize their professional growth? 
So that's a really great question. Um, but unfortunately, there's no easy answer to that one. Um, this is where I find building relationships is critical. So you need to develop those strong relationships, relationships built on trust with, you know, a mentor or a sponsor or work provider. Ultimately, you want someone who advocates for you, you know, who you are, what you do, but also advocates with you. So helps you navigate. That's really good, Julie. I love with, I, I love that. Yeah, it's a great um, distinction. Yeah, I, I think my biggest thing, and you're going to hear the continuous drumbeat about looking inside. Um, the the biggest thing about worrying about the repercussions is to have confidence. Um, just like they say when you interview, you know, the interviewee, as the interviewee, you are interviewing the place you're trying to go to as much as they are interviewing you. And talking to your firm about burnout or to your company about burnout will give you information about that company. And so you have to have the confidence to know, hey, my solution for burnout may very well be leaving and going to find another job, although not desirable. But mental health is health. And it is something that is incredibly important. And it's paramount that you not stick at a job that's going to destroy that. Um, and so having that confident in who you are, what you bring to the table, you're going to survive any conversation. And if you have that lack of confidence, try and build that first before having the conversation. Yeah, I think these both are great, great points. Um, and yeah, I just love that distinction between with and for. I think that that's so, par that's so paramount. Um, so could you both give um, some success stories or examples where effective communication about burnout and this topic kind of led to a positive change within a law firm? Yeah, I can take that here. Um, it's it's something that, you know, I bring out lack, bring up lack of an impact or not feeling important because I really feel like that type of burnout isn't solved by taking a vacation. Um, and so that lack of feeling of an impact um, has really, you know, at past firms, we've gotten people together, we've talked to that, it has led to listening sessions and really generating a feeling of, all right, we are going to make moves to recognize the impact that you have, or maybe consider more of your ideas. Um, it's never perfect at a law firm, um, and it's never perfect at a corporation. Um, but being able to have those conversations was something that was phenomenal. Um, and it led from a group effort. Um, so that's something, I mean, it ended up creating a wellness committee. Um, so, uh, you know, that's something that was very powerful here. So, it, Tanya, you had mentioned about something about men mental health first aid. And I just, I wanted to highlight our journey at Galling WLG here because it, it really began with that mental health first aid and um, it, yeah, increasing sort of the firm's awareness and openness to talk about burnout and, you know, other mental health issues with the firm. Um, so 
we had this sort of increase in appetite for more information about that topic. And so our director of HR, and then there was an equity partner, um, now retired from law, and I got together. It was in 2018, we put together a mental health strategy for the firm. And the leadership adopted it right away, said, let's get an implementation plan in, in place. And we set out um, and we accomplished everything we we hoped to do under our implementation plan. Um, and then fast forward to now at Galilee WLG, and I, I'm just, I'm absolutely thrilled to say that we now have a head of wellness and it's one of the first in the legal industry in Canada. So uh, a success, yes, but our journey is far, far from over. Yes. I love that. That's great. Um, are there any specific tools or resources um, that you would recommend to legal professionals to utilize uh, when we're discussing burnout with leadership? Um, you know, these could be like surveys, industry benchmarks. I know we've discussed the first out, first aid training. Yeah, I think from our perspective, my, you know, I use an app called Headspace um, a ton. Uh, it is It is a quality application that not only uh, supports meditation and, and mental wellness, but also has exercises and whatnot. You know, I, um, you know, stated that, you know, in the States, please check with your insurance and your HR. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll beat that drum beat again. There should be a lot of um, wellness perks that, you know, hey, you can have a gym membership, a reimbursement or something the like. And, if your firm or company does not provide those things, there are many, many podcasts out there that are wonderful uh, to listen to if you're a podcast person. Uh, my favorite person is Jonathan Faust. Um, I, I got uh, interested in him when I lived in the Washington, D.C. area, um, F-A-U-S-T. He is phenomenal. Um, and so, again, there are places if you look. Um, you just have to realize introspection, I can get better. And that's always the first step. Oh, that is just, oh, so important, that uh, first step. And um, apps, I agree. There are so many useful apps out there. Uh, we talked a little bit about Mental Health Commission of Canada and their firms. So if they're looking for material, there's the, the National Standard of Canada for Psychological Health and Safety in the Workplace. Um, it's the, as far as I know, the first of its kind in the world. And there are uh, a variety of, of guidelines, tools, and resources that are all free for organizations um, on the Mental Health Commission's website. And then I would say look for um, nonprofit organizations. There's there are a lot of those in yes. your local communities, right, that are doing yep. um, a, a lot of really good work in the wellness space. Yeah, that's that's great. I agree with all of those. Um, I haven't used Headspace yet. I use Calm. We actually have that as part of our benefits package at work. Um, so I love that one, but I might have to check Headspace out as well. Um, so I think we're wrapping up our time here. Do either of you have anything um, you'd like to add before we sign off? I can add one thing. Um, if you feel that you are in the middle of something that you cannot handle, Take a deep breath in for a count of four, hold that breath for a count of four, and then release that breath for a count of four. 
it will bring you back to now and it will make sure that you can continue moving. Again, if you do have any thoughts, um, please reach out um, of any injury or whatnot. I, I can't leave here without saying um, that. But again, this is something that, you know, everybody needs to hear. I echo Adam's words. Yeah, agreed. Well, I'd like to thank you both so much for your time and expertise shared today. Um, I'm really hoping this is an ongoing conversation, not just in ELTA, but through the legal industry in general. Um, I think, you know, it's starting, we're, we're really starting to talk about this more. And I'm just so grateful to hear both of your perspectives today. Um, so thanks so much to our audience. We'll be tuning in soon and we hope you enjoy and uh, have a great day, everyone.